Welcome to the non-greatest hits. <laughs> Where two neighbors dissect an album that you should listen to. <laughs> well, thank you for that introduction, Tim. I'm Chris. Yeah, and we're the greatest non-hits. Um, please follow us on, well, not YouTube, but uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, please uh, follow us, uh, where, whether it's Spotify or Apple, iTunes, I even think uh, Tidal. Hopefully we can um, uh, upload it to there as well. But um, we want to thank you for listening. And uh, just to give you a background of our podcast what uh, what we're gonna do every week is um, do sort of like a review of an old album, and instead of you know um, I guess beating the dead horse, uh, you know, going over the hits, we want to do the non-hits. Uh, we'll uh, song by song, we're going to um, you know give our you know, uh, we've we've listened uh, we, this week. We're going to do the Royal Scam by Steely Dan, and what we've been doing is listening to this all week. And I, I've I was already familiar with it, but you know, Tim kind of had to get up to speed, so he's going to born in the eighties. That's true. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, we're going to go over each song and then give our impressions, and then at the end of the episode, we're going to um, give our top three and. What you guys can do is, um, you know, go to Twitter or go to or send us an email at thegreatesthits uh, at gmail dot com and give us your opinion and give us an opinion uh, whether you like the podcast or not or if you have some insights on the songs that we didn't cover, you know, be our guest and and also we'll be putting up polls, you know, every week to um, give you an opportunity to vote on your top three for each album week after week. So, um, did I cover everything, Tim? Yeah, even if you can play a portion of a song, send it to us somehow, you know? I'm going to learn one of these solos on my guitar. It's going to take me probably ages, and I won't <laughs> come close to being as good and proficient, but, uh, you know, it's about moving your fingers and whatnot. Well, regardless, I think it's a great idea. I think what you should do is, um, in our intro, we just we did that Chopin that you heard, and I don't think it's befitting of the music that we're going to be playing week to week. But if you can do, even if it's not your best, you know, just do like a, a, a lick from that song and, uh, and then we can play it for our intro. So we'll have a different intro week over after week. What do you think of that? I think that'd be great. That'd be excellent. I'm going to try to do it. Hey, fans beat me to it. Yours are probably going to be better than mine. So l- let me ask you a question. And mind you, this is not scripted. We're just, we're, this is all improv. So, I mean, but this is my question to you, Tim. Like, mm. if you had the chance to do an intro for this one, for the Royal Scam, like, even if it were just, a, like, a chorus, do you have a particular song that you would have liked to have oh, done? Oh, good question. Good question. I think, um, honestly... The intro to this podcast, for me, could have been taken off of Fez at the end. It's literally just great walking around town music, getting shit done kind of kind of music. Sort of like a internal happy monologue of just bouncy, just really great rock and, and jazzy and just, yeah, that Fez, end of Fez. I like could, it. Could keep going with that song all day. I like the word that you use. It was bouncy. Walking around. I can see you walking around yeah. Annapolis, like downtown on Main Street. Yeah. With my dog. Never going to do it without the fez on. Oh, no. I'm going to get my dry cleaning done now. Okay. All right. That was good. Good talk. Yeah. So thank you for that. And, um, so what we're going to do, let's just start from the beginning. Like I said, it's not, it's going to be the greatest non-hits. And if you know, if you don't know this album, you, you should take a listen to it and even listen to it while we're going over the songs. And the very first song is Kid Charlemagne and it's a, it's a single. So it's going to be excluded from like deep analysis. analysis. Yeah. It's too good. <laughs> 
And it doesn't go along with the format of the, the podcast, so we're going to be strict about that. But it's yes. an awesome song. It's one of my favorites. I'll, I'll, yeah, it probably is my favorite Steely Dan song of all of them, which is why we're doing this album to begin with. Um, and a big reason for that is um, the, the subject matter of the lyrics combined with perhaps maybe one of the greatest guitar solos of all time, Larry Carlton. Uh, it, it was incredible, or at least in, from my opinion. Um, but I'll let uh, I'll let Tim weigh in since he's a uh, a little bit newer to the material. Tim, what what did you think? As far as guitar solos go, I mean, there's so many guitar solos out there. I mean, damn, you know, Slash exists. We got like Tom Morello. We've got you know how how many other like big names from the '80s and '90s playing guitar van halen i mean Mm -hmm. not to say like this style of this guitar is jazzy it breaks up the normal type of shredding it's a smart guitar guitar solo it's not some guitar solo that's just to be to wow you with a bunch of fuzz there's no Mm -hmm. they don't do fuzz effects on this which i love Mm -hmm. and it exemplifies the you know knowledge of musical notes and chords and theories and all that too. So it's got it all. I, yeah. I, I have the same impression. I, you, you could say there are better guitar solos, whether it's Eddie Van Halen or yeah, Slash or yeah. You know, Tom also, Morello, he has his own style. Everybody you know, has their own style. I mean, yeah. like, I, I like the Tom Morello um, nod that you just gave because he had his own, he had his own way as did Eddie Van Halen. And a lot of people copied them. Yeah, and they they played really fast and you know, effect driven. Yeah, exactly. And whereas, and maybe because I grew up on it, I've heard it just for decades, and mm-hmm. it's lost its meaning because it's been overplayed in my mind. So I mean, this is I would say, in my opinion, the the uh, the Kid Charlemagne solo is. Okay. My favorite. And like right now. Okay. That's, yeah, yeah, that that could always change. Again, because the disclaimer that musical taste songs, whatever, change over the course of years, months, days, minutes, seconds. Okay. But whether you're a Steely Dan <laughs> fan or you're just listening to this album for the first time, I think it's worth mentioning. It's an incredible guitar solo and for the reasons that you mentioned, which yes. are, you know, because it, it just has a feel to it that's different. It's unique. It's speaking to you and it's uh it's clean. It is. Potentially acid-induced. We'll cover that later, maybe. Or well, okay. So just on that on that note, it's about uh, Owsley. Uh, Owsley, I forgot the guy's last name already. But anyway, he, it's a kid. Charlemagne is actually a reference to a guy that used to sell acid. He was also Owsley Stanley. Owsley Stanley, yes, which right. is L Y L E Y L E Y is not a great, not a great flowy name there. Yeah, I'm, I'm typing it up right now. So, yeah, Owsley yeah. Stanley. He was also an American audio engineer and clandestine chemist. With, for the Grateful Dead with the wall of sound. That's his claim to fame. If you ever look at a picture of a wall of sound, it will not make sense to you. But, no, I for this song, I thought it was a hotshot businessman, like, almost like just wheeling and dealing, kerosene up in flames like a Jordan Belfort from Wolf of Wall Street thing going on, if I didn't know that fact at first, which I didn't when I listened to this song. Like a day trader by night, like drug addict by night. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what I thought. But then this knowledge came at me, so I'm glad we shared that. Yeah, well, so he was Kid Charlemagne. I think he, you know, he was... Well respected in his own way, a really smart guy. I mean, I guess he he was he he was admitted to the University of Virginia after a, a, without having graduated from high school. I guess his he came from a family of means though too. I'm I'm reading this. He's he came from a political family. His dad was uh, a government Ooh. attorney. His grandfather was a member Ooh. of the U.S. United States Senate. Okay. Ooh, taking so a this, hit. Yeah, he's definitely the black sheep. Let's yeah, this is a black sheep kind of a thing. So wow. he was Kid Charlemagne and sort of like he had it all, but then he just fell in disgrace. So anyway, we don't have to, you know, we don't have to hammer the guy too much. But anyway, that he was Kid Charlemagne. He Great was hiding song. the acid in the amplifiers, no doubt, no doubt. 
taking you know taking the screws out, putting it in there, screws in. Mm-hmm. Cops, you got nothing. That's Kid Charlemagne. So. Maybe that's my speculation. Anyway, yeah. So I mean, that's the very first song on the Royal Scam. So we need to talk about it, but it's not. It's it isn't going to be reviewed. Um, we just thought we would mention it. But the next song is not a single. It's uh, Caves of Altamira. And uh, I have some opinions about it. Mm. See, the thing, the reason why this is a good song, this is a good album to, to do a podcast on is because all the non-hits are almost as good as the hits. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to define what the hits are real quick. Just, a, a, of course, Kid Charlemagne. The, the, also, The Fez and Haitian Divorce. Those are the three hits, and those are the, th- the three that are excluded from the voting. Okay, I know you... You cover, and we can talk about them. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. hit your talking point. That's fine. You know, we'll just. Uh, but we're they're excluded from your top three. Are you comfortable with that? I am comfortable with that. We already mentioned how the Fez has a soft spot in my mind, and it's damn catchy. But yeah, I can see. It is. I'll go so far as to say that it might hit. be in my top three if it weren't a single. I will be playing at parties for the next next decade. Yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's a winning, it's a winning play at a party. You oh my know, gosh! You can't, uh, anyway, yeah, me. Yeah. And I always think of like Aladdin, and that was big for kids born in the eighties. Yeah. One one last thing. You should probably start off at the beginning of the party. It's kind of like a cocktail hour kind of a thing. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Beginning. Yeah. Da, 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 da. It's okay. kind of <laughs> sexy, you know. Well, that's what I. Then it could be. Well, if you're like a single. Ladder lassie at a party. It could be an end of night song. I just say it just gets it going. That's true. That's sets true. the mood. You yeah, know, it sets does. The tone. It does. All right, cool. <laughs> so <laughs> we got ahead of ourselves because I think it's like song, oh, like track four or five. Or we're jumping around. We're jumping around. It's good. Okay, well, let's get back to uh, Caves of Altam- Altamira, and I'll let you kind of uh, you, you talk a little bit about your impressions of it, and then I'll I'll give my take on it. I'll even look it up. We'll, we'll, yeah, t- yeah. we'll drop get, some knowledge. Let's get so the lyrics ahead. out. I mean, you know, this one really, you know, hot horns. It's hot, hot horns up front. We got the whimsical, whimsy horns sort of shredding it up. Uh, very up and down piano vocals, matching tones. Just really drunk. Good drum bass, added saxophone, trumpets. This song, the score for this is like... You'd have to be on acid to understand it, probably, right, Owsley? Um, but um, it's great, you know. And we got the references, just to the, the, you know, you're in like skyscrapers. Uh, everybody knows that you know you can't have a band without skyscrapers. Uh, references to skyscrapers, and we're seeing that here. A great song. Yeah, it is a good song. Uh, yeah, the horns, I agree. Like the trumpet. And the sax, and the way it's all put together, and the harmonies. They spent a shit ton of time probably recording this one. You can you can hear how long it took to get it right on this one. Maybe It'd be hard to play live again. You know, just watching them on YouTube, there's always like nine musicians on the stage. And also, like, let's not understate the the vocals too, and the, like the harmonies, song. like with the like the, when they do the chorus, yeah. Before the fall, when no, but it's actually a song about uh, a Paleolithic cave um, or the cave art in northern Spain, because I basically this this is just I think just like straightforward about. The caves of Altamira, like in 1878, uh, they discovered these caves and all the hieroglyphics on the walls. And so this is like one of the first uh, discoveries of communication from because, you know, there was no it was like the first MTV or it was the first social media was just writing stuff on on the walls of caves. For sure. And so that's, I mean, it's really that simple, or at least that's the way, uh, I think in an interview, Donald Fagan had explained that. It was just uh, about what they may have done um, years ago for culture. So this is really sort of like how it all started. So that's, I think that's where, you know, this 
the origins of the lyrics and the song come from. It's not, it's not terribly deep. I mean, it's pr- I think it's pretty straightforward that this is what the song is about. I from just, what I, w- with the heard heard the call and wrote it on the wall. I mean, that mm-hmm. is deep. And then, you know, you take down, you know, the the call that these people, you know, monolithic, paleolithic age, you know, humanoids. And their call to just do some doodling in a wall of a cave. It's awesome. Yeah, I would climb the garden wall with a candle in my hand. I actually climbed hide your, inside a your garden wall to get here with a candle <laughs> with a candle in my hand. The ring didn't catch me. Yeah. Front door? Nah. Let's add some danger to this podcast. I'm climbing walls. Yeah, if you're, well, hey, I don't want to necessarily encourage that. (laughs) (laughs) Before the fall, when they wrote it on the wall, when there wasn't even any Hollywood, they heard the call and they wrote it on the wall. For you and me, we understood. So, yeah, they don't have, they didn't have the glitz and glamour of Hollywood. The writings on the wall were like a big thing. Yes, this is what they're saying. So, Although Martin Scorsese has made a movie film about this. Oh, I didn't know that. No, I just made that up. He would, yeah. <laughs> His ancestors were these Paleolithic people, and they passed down ancient rock movie scripts for him to produce. Yeah, who's gonna be in that? <laughs> Who would be? Um, <laughs> who's the guy that did all the ne- movies? Neanderthal one, really. Nicholas Cage. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> Case in point. <laughs> all right. So yeah, we'll we'll move on on that note. We'll go to, so this is, yeah, but this is up for voting, Caves of Altamira. So that's the first one. Uh, let's go to the next song. Like the, I mean, we'll go in order. You know, it, the next one is Don't Take Me Alive. Mm. Really? Yeah. Take a moment to just appreciate the solo up front. They're getting it right out of the way. You know, they're mm-hmm. pulling you in. Because they got si- they got something to say, you know. Agents of the law, luckless pedestrian. I know you're out there with rage in your eyes and your megaphones. And you know you need megaphones and references to megaphones to have a good band too. Yeah, so, as well as saxophones. Yeah, this song really really hit hard. It's, it's like really upbeat. It's got again like a, like a lot of the songs, like the harmonies, like with the chorus singing is just it's so tight and it's upbeat. The music is it's light and it's upbeat. And kind of yeah, I'm kind of getting like uh, he just wants a sim- he's a bookkeeper son. He doesn't want to shoot anyone. Yeah, well, I crossed my old man back in Oregon. Is it Oregon or Aragon? Well, they they, they say, say Ar- Aragon, Aragon, but it's pronounced Oregon. I they're they're New York City guys, like Donald Fagan and uh, and Walter Becker. They're actually upstate New York guys by origin, okay, but they okay. you know they met each other in New York City, and so it's it's I think it's really just sort of their pronunciation. Don't take me alive. Got a case of dynamite. I could hold out here all night. That's. That's just so lyrically badass, in my opinion. Well, it's also really dark, and I think the song is about a guy who is <laughs> in trouble with the law, and he's holding himself up with dynamite. He's going to blow himself up. So is this like the Owsley-type reference, maybe? Or is this like, again, like a like somebody who wants a simpler life, but he got into, like, what, the crazy Wall Street life of... I don't know. I don't think it has anything to do with the Owsley. It doesn't have anything to do with the Kid Charlemagne song, although it'd be it'd be kind of cool. I, I maybe they are making a loose connection thematically. Okay, yeah. You know, where, somebody but who's in trouble. I just think it's it's a completely different song altogether. But it's it's classic uh, Steely Dan because they are juxtaposing lighthearted music uh with a really serious uh premise or um theme in the N- song notion if you will yeah notion 
But that's what makes the song awesome. Evil crowd, the lies and the laughter, I hear my inside, the mechanized hum of another world where no sun is shining, no red light flashing. Here in this darkness, I know not what I've done. I know all at once who I am. So let's talk about that. It's like, don't take me alive. I know who I am. It's kind of cool. Don't take me alive. I, I know all at once who I am. I'm a bookkeeper's son. I don't want to shoot no one. Well, I crossed my old man in Oregon. Don't take me alive. So I think he's just ashamed of what he's done, he's whatever a, it is. But he's a luckless pedestrian. They're they're commenting that the law and the moral code maybe don't like hit the same, you know, especially for this person. They're like, yeah, you got the law, but that's bullshit. I'm gonna go by my own, like, you know, standards of you know how to live. But also, like, it might be deemed, like, I'll get in trouble. Yeah. I think, can you hear the evil crowd? I think what this is, is he's, there's a there's a vigilante ah. crowd after him. He's, but he he's innocent, but he's just luckless. And so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a mech- it's mechanized. But I crossed my old man back in Oregon. Yeah, that what one, did he do? I he love that. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, who's the old man? Is the old man the law? Is the old man like his dad? His dad, yeah. It could be but, the law. I mean, it could may not be that straightforward. Well, Owsley was the black sheep of his family, and all his other family members were like politicians and whatnot. Wow. Yeah, that could, I don't know. It's possible. Okay, okay, yeah. Anyway, but that's yeah. yeah, that's our take. Well, we haven't read. I mean, I, I haven't that's, read this deeply, and yeah, I haven't gone on the internet. Uh, you're you're you blowing know. my mind with the yeah. caves. Yeah, that's this is great. Yeah. So anyway, well, that's it, it, it. Don't take me alive. I love it. I, I think it's great. It's a great. Song. They're the, all these songs. That's why this is such a good album to do. Is because there's so little room between each song. These are all you know, great songs one after the other. It's hard to say, well, I like this one and not like the other one. Not just because of the lyrics. I mean, we're not playing it. So if you are not familiar with it, you should be playing this while we're we're speaking. But In uh, a cave, in a Paleolithic cave, preferably. mm -hmm. Okay. All right. (laughs) Good talk, man. So the next one is is Silent Stranger. Yes. You uh, like this one? I know. Oh, I, I do too. They're all good, but what? Give me okay. Your, uh, the reggae, good times, like, but also melancholy and reflective with the yo-yo riffs. I, I, I just really, it really juxtaposes because it's reggae, it's good timey, but then you get into the lyrics and you're like, oh, again, it takes you for for a spin, and I kind of get like a little like. He's on the Paris streets. He's kind of doing a little vacationing. He didn't make it in America with all like the the hard knock Wall Street guys or drug guys or whatever. And he's like just ordering like Lille with lime and in back alleys and like trying to get promiscuous with women or something. I don't know. I don't know. So I think with this song is it's a it's another song about drugs oh okay of course <laughs> steely dan but um in this case I, I think it has something to do with uh being in another country i mean at the time I mean, even still to this day i mean to some to a great extent like drugs are illegal there's no wiggle room and i think when this was made like back in the 60s and 70s there were harsh penalties if you were like in a foreign country and you got caught with drugs, um, incredible. I mean, it, actually, I think at the time, yeah. one place people used to go to at that time was Morocco. Yeah, Morocco. And well, I think the song is, is Mazar about Mazar in Morocco. What's that? Mazar. What they reference Mazar. Mazar Five. Yeah, what's that? Or Mizar Five. Is that Moroccan? Have you heard about the boom on Mizar Five? People got to shout to stay alive. Well, I think like, okay, I, I think it was. You know, like that's you ever see that movie Midnight Express, like where like you go, like where you're in Turkey and you you get caught with heroin and you get you get put in one of those jails uh-huh. and you're done. You know, that's it. Like you never get out. 
And so I think it's they're saying, listen, go to Morocco. Don't worry about it. You know, you know, zombie, I can hear you call walking around collecting Turkish union dues. They will call you sir and shine your shoes. And I think they're talking about Morocco here. I mean, even though it says it says uh uh the Turkish Union walk around collecting Turkish Union dues. They will call you Sir Shiny, or maybe you would like to see the show. You'll enjoy the cafe d'escargot. The escargot, yeah, you just folks you are some? in a line around the block just to hear, just to see her do the Cancan Jacques. You zombie, be born again, my friend. Won't you sign in, stranger? Find your s- fortune on this lucky star. I just, it's about like, it's about being able to live free overseas do drugs and not get caught. And I think it's about like but certain areas of Morocco but because Pe- there's, but what about Pepe? He's got that scar from ear to ear. It, and then he's and the, the mug, guy that you buy drugs from. And then the mugshot without getting busted. But th- there was like, they faked a death record potentially. There was somebody online that says they're fake, fake death record. And then you could, you know, be born again because you're technically dead. Which which also ties into what you're saying with drugs. Like, we've got you. Don't worry. You're off the books now. Or something like that. Yeah, once you sign in stranger. Sign don't no more sign ins. Or what I don't know. Sign in stranger. I just think it's like come in, stranger, you know. You know, be born again, my friend. You know. You zombie, be born again, my friend. Won't you sign in, stranger? It's saying you know you're protected. Here. What is a scur- What is a scurvy brother? Is a brother on the ship that you just you just they're like lemon tea, sir? They're like no, no, take the lemon out. I want to get scurvy with my brother over here. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's a it's I, a great lyric. It's, it's a great, a great lyric. lyric. It's it's not to, to be taken literally. It's it's uh, figurative. <laughs> <laughs> So. It's, it's an old dying disease that the disease is dying. No one has it anymore. Well, it's it's another good one. They're all good, but that's the third. So we've got Caves of Altamira, uh, Don't Take Me Alive, and Sign in Stranger so far. Now, the next two songs are, well, the next song is The Fez. And so, I, I mean, I, I, I think it's a great song. I know you like it. So why don't I just let you talk about it for a little while? And then we're going to move on. Because it is a great song, but it's not going to be a part of the rating. Yeah, not a part of the rating. It's got that sort of like, you know, getting dirty and then going to church later to just get right sort of vibe. Really good synthy organs, church vibes. Um, a little, you know, not quite. Red, but not quite maroon hat with the little, the little black, little little tassels coming off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, if you see that in the hat store, just pick it up, and just repeat that line over and over. That you can't do it without the fez on, and it'll be hilarious until it's not. But it's a great song, just a, just a great song. Yeah, I mean, it's very it's, upbeat. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's kind of a sexual. It has, Sexual overtone. I mean, it comes right out. No, I'm never going to do it without the fez on. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, I'll play devil's advocate and say that it could be anything. You know? I'm never going to make my espresso without this hat on. (laughs) I'm never going to sit down on the can without this hat on. That's what I am. Please understand. I want to be Holy man. Lots of good drum holy like man. breaks. Yeah, the holy man. That's the church going to church. Juxtaposition church. Of, going to church afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Sex and church. You know, it's uh Father. It's, it's, it's yeah. It has been three days since I have not worn my Moroccan hat. <laughs> and I have sinned. Yeah, Steeler Dan are weirdos, but <laughs> <laughs> but in a good way, you know. Yeah, so no, this is a great song. Yeah, so but um enough of that. We'll we'll go to Green Earrings. So this is this is a uh, the, the Green Earrings is like a song that is just sort of staccato. It's not 
the lyrics aren't deep at all. It's just, you know, sparkles, you know, medallions, gems, you know, you know, green earrings. I remember the rings of rare design. I remember the look in your eyes. I don't mind. It's not really, they don't really, it doesn't have, it's not, it's the music. The music is, yeah, it rocks. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's what I like it for. But what do you, gritty, tell me. You gritty piano, just like the sort of intro leads you to anywhere. It could just be, it's like great intro music. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden that weird, like minor key piano with like an added fifth or something. Mm-hmm. It's just super like gritty. And then all of a sudden, like a really, really lightning quick, lightning quick solo guitar solo that mm-hmm. shreds. And I'm talking like this could be a little Van Halen-y with the finger tapping. And you're like, damn, Van Halen, is this a, is this you? Is this is this someone else? But no, it's the Doobie Brothers guy? No, it's it's Stanley. That's uh, Larry Carlton. Larry. That's Larry. Dude. Yeah, and damn. you're right. He does. He plays he plays fast, but he doesn't have like the distortion on it the way like they did with heavy metal, like I mean, think about it. This came out in 76. the solo, too. He yeah. plays the same riff, like, twice in the solo. He doubles up on it because he knows it's, like, that good. Yeah, Van Halen 1 came out in 1978. This came out in 1976. Well, yeah. Now, I'm not saying that, that this uh, Eddie Van Halen was... Van Halen then because it was that good, this solo. Well, the playing, like, it, but, but it was, like, the distortion, like, the... Uh, that, that Van Halen puts on it is what is unique, but the... The playing fast, like the finger work, you know, is is there on this song it's as phenomenal. well. Phenomenal, but it's also. I mean, we were listening to this a couple of days ago. We were like, "This is over at your place." We were listening to this, and what I like about it, it's got like this Price Is Right kind of a yes vibe to it, and it's like Bob Barker, Bob Barker always, not Drew Carey, no Drew Carey. Yeah, during no the Bob of, Parker days. No offense to Drew Bob Carey, Barker. but the Bob Barker days. Yeah. Um, you can get a washing machine if you if you listen to this song <laughs> uh, too many times on discount. That was awesome. I like that. Or a vacation <laughs> to Acapulco. Yeah, well, you know, you better not meet or, and, you know, have a one-fling romance in Acapulco because you might have an Acapulco divorce. Mm-hmm. Um could be pricey and not acknowledged in the United States if you're a United States citizen. Well, yeah, that's when the price would be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> All right, before we get go down the road of um Happy Gilmore, let's uh let's just put a bow on Green Earrings. Great yeah, song. Um Man. yeah. Sorry Angel must take what I see, green earrings. I remember the rings of rare design. Oh, I yeah. remember. I remember. It's kind of snarky. It's kind of like. Dun, 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 dun. I, I don't mind. in your eyes. I don't mind. Greek medallion. Oh, mm-hmm. we, got a, we got a Greek medallion stallion next to me here. Miss, yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. Chris here. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. we don't. Yeah, we don't have to get into my ethnicity too uh, <laughs> too deeply. <laughs> that'll be for another. That'll be for like a a Greek podcast. We'll do like a bazooki, okay, kind of a thing. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. Maria Matikitrina is a yeah rocking kind of tune. Okay, but we'll do that another time. So, oh yes. So we'll move on from green earrings, and there's okay after green earrings. There's Haitian divorce. Okay. Um, that's uh, this is an excluded song, Tim. If you wanna give your uh, give your opinion on this, yes. Background: We have um, Haitian divorce uh, can be obtained without the other spouse's consent. Just FYI, mm-hmm. okay. In Haiti, I looked up the the Haiti divorce law, and uh, I guess that's pretty liberal, uh, more liberal than most. There doesn't need to be consent from the other. That's you know that's pretty progressive, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What did I have on this? So in love, the, the preacher's, preacher's face turned red. 
Soon everybody knew the thing was dead. Yeah, so they go, they got they got married or the preacher or whatever. I, I see that like they're on, they were given their vows. They got married, and then all of a sudden, boom, everybody knew the relationship's dead. And then, bam, it goes just down, down, downhill after that. Yeah, no tears and no hearts breaking, no remorse. Oh, congratulations. This is your Haitian divorce. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so many people want to, like, say, oh, I, got, I broke up with Johnny. I I broke up with Brittany. It's like, congratulations. Yeah, I know. Thanks exactly. for, <laughs> don't be sad. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember what comedian it was. They, they were like, nobody's like, oh, man, my, my <laughs> divorce is going crappy. Uh, <laughs> it's just not turning out. It's just like people are like, yeah, the divorce is great. Yeah, I'm free now. Whatever. I'm yeah, free. Nobody's, okay. And then the reference to zombie, she drinks the, z- the, the zombie. zombie from the cocoa shell. Mm-hmm. She feels all right. She get she it get on tonight. tonight. Mr. Yeah, Driver. Mr. Driver, take me where the music play. So maybe they're done with the divorce and she's like, let's go out to a club. Or Mr. Driver is the guy that she's cheating with. I don't know. Or that's like. Papa say, oh, no hesitation, no tears, no hearts break, and no remorse. Oh, maybe the cheating is her Haitian Is that a Haitian divorce? Mm. Is cheating? I don't know, but. What am I sitting on here? This chair. I never looked this up. This chair might need some little little WD forty. It's a little greasy. Really? It's a little. It's it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Also, I got this uh, lotion from a guy named Charlie. You should check it out. It's good. It's really good. Helps my kinky hair. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, this is the lyrics, man. (laughs) Oh, Uh, is it? Oh, with the lotion and the kinky hair, the greasy. I I never saw that. It's 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 weird, man. Yeah, this is a weird song. It's got a great weird feel to it. Um, I, I'm kind of creeped out by it now. To be honest with you, you just like ruined this song for me. I'm it, sorry. it wasn't you. It wasn't me. <laughs> it was the fact that it was a hit, and we don't cover hits. Yeah, well, thank God that we're covering. Um, what's so kinky, so and so, Papa Go? What does the internet say about this? Yeah, let's get. Donald Fagan talked about the Haitian divorce in a 1976 interview with Sound. Said Fagan, it's a fierce and terrible ritual, I'll tell you that. You wouldn't want your sister to have a Haitian divorce, believe me. It was the quick divorce without too much red tape. If you can say incompatibility or of character in French, you're as good as gold, but we added a few elements to the ceremony itself. In this song, it's the woman who goes to Haiti for her divorce. She has some fun while she's there and presumably hooks up with a local. Yeah. Okay. Their sex scene is implied in cinematic terms. Now we dolly back. Now we fade to black. Oh, and the returns. She's pregnant and some. Oh, man. You know that part where it goes wah, 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 like a kind of like a yeah, Charlie no. Brown's mom kind of No, thing. the, the crybaby effect, I mean, as a guitarist. Wow, that like wah wah crybaby, like you know, really condensed, really whiny feel. It's like hits well for this song. They really use that effect well. IMO. All right, well we're back on. Hey, you know what? I'm back on track. I like the song now after reading this. Yeah, but it, yeah, it makes me want a pina colada. All right, good talk, man. So this is good. All right, so Haitian divorce, we've got that covered. Let's. Where's the the next song? What do we got? Everything you did. Yeah, the first couple seconds in this really, you're walking home. The birds are chirping. You just got a raise. You know, maybe uh, you had an epiphany about how your life is really just gonna. Improve just this is just musically, just about the music. And then bam, they get into the lyrics and they slip the rug if you're doing a handstand out from beneath your hands. And uh then it then it's got this whole sort of down by the river, hey Joe mm-hmm. flashback of Shawshank Redemption, sort of get back at your wife kinda 
is cheating on you vibe. Mm-hmm. Another cheating song. Yeah. Where the woman is the aggressor. Right. Yeah. The woman is like, then the man is just like some lazy lover, like deadbeat that just works too hard. Maybe. Or maybe it's intricate and not as easy to discern. Yeah, the guys. We don't know both sides. Yeah, right. But he's he's more confrontational in this one. He's like, now you got to tell me everything you did, and everybody's going to talk. So you better effing tell me. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's not taking it in this one. No, he's really not. And the the line of the song is "Turn up the eagles." The neighbors are. You know, turn up the eagles. The neighbors are listening. You know, like it's in the transition. And the, yeah, the they're just throwing nods to other famous bands in their songs, which is just so awesome. I mean, how many times does that happen in rock history where they're like, "Oh, turn up this other band's music," <laughs> because we're having a fight in this fictional, you know, song, you know. Yeah, it's but this so was great. this line was an answer to um, the Eagles dropping a Steely Dine, uh, Steely Dan reference in one of their songs. They did. I don't know if this was the first one, or I think that this was the, right. the second one. Like they, the Eagles did uh, a reference to Steely Dan. We need the lyric, to find that. If anybody knows, this is their answer back. We need to find that. Then they were both in L.A. at the time. Hotel California just came out. It was nineteen seventy six as well. Okay, okay, okay. What a great year for both of those bands. Oh, my gosh. Hotel California and the Royal Scam coming out around the same time. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, that's... Rush 2112 came out that year, too. There was a, 76 had a lot of good albums. Yeah. Yeah, it's the golden age. Rub it in. Wasn't born yet. I was just a t- glimmer, a shimmer. Yeah, well, sweet, I was... My parents' eyes. I was a kid, and I remember. St- I remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would hear both. The thing is, like, the, both these bands were on the radio constantly. You know, my my mom had like a gold duster, and I was in the back seat, and we were listening to Eagles. Steely Dan was playing all the time. Well, it but, was written on the wall that we had to we had the call to do this album. Yeah. Before the fall, and Hollywood didn't even exist, people. Okay, in nineteen seventy six, Hollywood did not exist. At least what it is today well okay so yeah that was all good references to the caves of altamira there i like that all right so last song royal scam all right audience you're doing great by the way hanging in there with us this is going to be this is the last song it's the royal scam title track and uh i've got some opinions about this i know you know, Tim does as well. Again, we I like every song on this album. There's no bad song. Every That's one well. of them rocks, and this this uh, doesn't disappoint either. Um, again, it's one of those songs. I mean, I'll start with this one. I mean, basically, this is a song that is a very slow tempo. They play their instruments very sparsely, and it's basically... Um, you know, two melodies like going back and forth, uh, you know, and interchangeably. There's uh, you know, there's a a melody with a chorus. Uh, feel the glory of the royal scam, and I I think like the the theme or the I guess the narrative of this song is about. You know, I don't know if you want to call say like non mainland migrants, immigrants, what have you, coming to the land of milk and honey from. Just a, a, a maybe even a fictitious island country with green and red in the flag. I don't think it's necessarily specifically Puerto Rico or Turks and Caicos or wherever, but just you know. And the natives come from the land of a, you know the green and red flag, and they're coming into New York City and thinking that you know there's you know the it's the land of milk and honey, and we're gonna be successful. And when they get here. It's cold because in their native land, it's warm and sunny and they get the, you know, to, to New York city and it's gritty, it's cold and it's, uh, and they're not looked upon well, you know, they're, they're, I mean, if you're, you know, there's, there's African American and then there's, you know, 
people of color that come from another country. And immediately they're probably treated very badly. You know, this is what, I mean, I think that's what the narrative is. And, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of, a, it's, it, it, it's dark, but I mean, the, the music is so good and it's like the way that they tell the story and the, with the, with the chorus, feel the glory of the Royal scam. This is the Royal scam is, you know, the, 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 you know, the, uh, the people coming in and uh, being told it's great and this, it's not. This song gave me goose pimples, I will say. Mm-hmm. It's great. Well, yeah, even when they get to the instrumental part. What I like about it, is, from the music point of view, is, you know, you, you think it's going to go one way and it doesn't. They It never really... It's never good resolve. There's no well. There's no. There's no like you know uh, guitar solo. There's no. Yeah. Um, it, it's just you think they're going to go into a guitar solo or into some instrumental. They don't. And they don't, but it works. And it's. I think that that's the the, the sparse playing, and it all comes together. And I just. Uh, but it. It just. Um, I just love the way it all comes together in this song. I think it's. Uh, I, it's awesome. I, I love it. Great poetry, you know, col- uh, both red and green colors from their sunny island, from their bo- uh, boats of iron, and they looked upon the promised land where surely life was sweet on the rising tide to New York City. See, it's that's what makes me think, obviously, the skyscrapers are New York City, not San Francisco. Maybe. Um, well, they came in in a boat on the rising tide to New York City. Did they ride into the street? So they came from the boat into right the into street. New York City and then onto the street. You can see them. They just all want to land of milk and honey. Yeah, see the glory of Nothing. the royal scam. Yeah. They're in the streets starving on a bench. They are hounded down to the bottom of a bad town amid the ruins where they learn to fear an angry race of fallen kings. So let's talk about that. Who angry race of fallen kings are who? Well, I I think it's Wall Street uh, players that the landlord scum or the, you know, well, who are the king, who are the kings? I mean, an angry race of fallen kings, their dark companions, while the memory of their southern sky was clouded by a savage winter. So yeah, the or an angry race of fallen kings are African Americans who have lived here for generations and they're still uh, relegated to the bad part of town and have are hopeless. And yet they tell the you know, the people back home that they're doing good, even though they might be engaging in some of the nefarious activities themselves because it's so downtrodden that they pretty much don't have anything else. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what I'm getting. Yeah. Um, See the glory of the royal scam. By the black and wally does it all. He thinks he's dead and gone to heaven. Now the tale is told by the old man back home. He reads the letter. See? How they are paid in gold. He says they're paid in gold, but they're really not. But it's just babble. Just a babble in the back room. All night and waste their time. And they wandered in from the city of Saint jo- San Juan. Without it, I think that's just a St. John to San Juan. Uh, but I mean, the, I, I don't think it's port necessarily Puerto Rico. It's a, I think it's just uh, a reference to any a, a reference to any nondescript place, nondescript place, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, it could be Puerto Rico, whatever. Does it really matter? Yeah, they're not like trying to no. But if you never heard this song, I hope you're listening uh, to the song while we're speaking because it's a, it, it's. It rocks, and so I mean, I'll just they they end on a high note, and that's what makes this album so good. Is the fact that that's the last song, and they end with it, that, and it fades. I mean, the only the one song that they didn't fade was what everything you did, mm-hmm. eh. but really most of the songs fade out, and then this one mm-hmm. fades out, and you just want more. Like you want another guitar solo, you want another. Foreign melody, changing intricately, changing keys, but they don't, and it's just it's gone, it's done. Yeah, but good stuff. I don't think I get tired of this album. 
I really, no, I, I don't, really don't think I could get tired of this album. No, I. Well, I mean, it's, sometimes I listen to it so much. I mean, it's like it, it's it's in, it's burned into my brain. And so, it's like, you got to give it a break every now and then. But whenever you come back, to it, you're like, oh yeah, this is why I listen to it all the time. It's it's incredible. All all, all the the Steely Dan albums are, in my opinion. And I kind of go back and forth, but I keep coming back to this one. I mean, they're all good. None of them are bad. Pretzel Logic, Katie Lied, uh, Asia is considered the best one. This is the one before Asia. Okay. I think that this is this is really what what makes it such a great album is that it became it, it. This is the album before their biggest achievement, critically and commercially, was Asia, which was in 1977. This is 1976. So this is, you know, to You're this is me- to Celie Dan that that pink like. Uh, metal was to Dark Side of the Moon, that okay. kind of thing. So, so they made an album up. literally the very next year. Well, that's the way. Th- yeah, it was that way back then. Like every group had an album every year, you know, and sometimes they would do like two albums. It was a different ball game back then. And business was, it was a huge business. So they were incentivized. They were incentivized and they did, I mean, like, I mean, they did a lot of drugs, too. They like, did a lot of cocaine and stuff like that. And they, so they were, like, always, like, on the road, and they're doing, you know. I, mean, I don't want to say that necessarily that the Steely Dan, what they were, weren't were into. I'm just saying, like, the music business in general. But anyway, I digress. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody in that hard, fast, you know, lifestyle becomes their own shaman, and they're like, I need a little of this, and I need a little of that to get through this meeting or mm-hmm. with the execs, and then they're like... It's a crazy time, and I need some uppers and downers and uppers and downers to get through the day, and then we have this crazy album. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, they had it. pressure. Yeah, we, we, a lot of pressure. Yeah. That you know, they dro- you know a lot of them they're college educated, yet they dro- like dropped out of college, right? The Steely Dan, yeah. Did they? I I, I thought they finished. Uh, maybe they didn't. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. It's, they seem they're they're really very smart educated. Guys. Yeah. yeah, I mean. They didn't seem to maybe love the music industry. Well, did Steely Dan graduate from college? I'm just going to just... Yeah, no, we need to know. Yeah, I mean... Donald Fagan, singer for 1970s rock band Steely Dan. Oh, Bard. He was a graduate of Bard College in Annandale. Please disregard everything that I said. Yeah. Well, that makes sense, Bard has a lot of good, smart people. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, it, regardless, it, they almost know. yeah they probably are like writing these lyrics about fictional characters, but infusing aspects of their own pressure and in life into it. Oh, yeah, like a lot of these stories, I mean, I can't, I mean, uh, nothing comes to mind. There's a a bunch of these stories are about, are autobiographical. But they take, I think they do take elements of their own experiences and and incorporate them them into the stories of the songs. Gotcha, yeah. Oh, it's phenomenal, yeah. These guys. Yeah, they rock. Um, But, yeah, let's put a bow on this because we're coming up on an hour, so. Yeah. Uh, now it's time for the top three. So I'm going to go ahead and let Tim give us his, well, we, the last time we did this, uh, you want to go your third, my third, yeah, or sure. you want to go three, two, one. Well, you will, we'll go I back like at three to three, two to two. Yeah. All right. Okay. So you start with your th- uh, number three, number three coming in for Tim was green earrings. Good green. choice, man. Great, gritty, very Great solo, other than Kid Charlemagne. It just took me there. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah, it was the music. Yeah, it, it, that's I that's love, what you have to love love that song for. I mean, the lyrics are just sort of second. I'm um, second. I'm I'm a sucker for grittiness as well mm-hmm. when it comes to rock. And it had a great tempo, and it had that Price Is Right thing in a good way. And mm-hmm. I like, yeah. That, so that's a good choice. My number three is uh, Don't Take Me Alive. Okay. I, I think uh, it's just like so easy and it's uh, the, it's like a, the, the tempo isn't too fast or too slow. It's got a good tempo. And, um, you know, uh, like the harmonization is great um, for the chorus. I'm a, I'm a bookkeeper son. I don't want to hurt no one. 
I lost my old man in Oregon. Don't take me alive. Or, or Aragon. Aragon. <laughs> All you Lord of the Rings fans exactly. out there. It sounds like an air. Yeah, it sounds. <laughs> it does sound Lord of Lord of the Ring. Sword in the Stone. So yeah, that's my number three. Cause it's, it's just a, it's a, just a killer song. All right, number two was "Don't Take Me Alive" for for me, and uh, all you bookkeepers or bookies, <laughs> yeah. better watch out for your sons. Yeah, watch out for your sons, and don't gamble on my number one to three because I don't even know what it is. Yeah, great solo. I love when you put a guitar solo up front that really just breaks the mold of a lot of songs, and any mm-hmm. song that breaks the mold. Uh, it's great. So yeah, mm-hmm. number two, don't take me alive. Yeah, there's a good. There's some good versions on YouTube as well. I feel like I'm in a warm bubble bath when I um, listen to that song. Yeah. Okay. Little uh, little Snickers bar maybe. Yeah. Sorry, man. I didn't mean to get weird. No, Himalayans, uh, Epsom salt for your muscles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it reminds me, Pam Anderson, Pam and Tommy is on tonight, so you know, okay. we're gonna have to wrap this up. Okay, but let's yeah. wrap it up. Pam no. and Tommy are coming in. <laughs> I only said that because you, you, it sounded like you said Pam and Tommy uh, a second ago. But anyway, but it is tonight. It is a good, that's a side note. Yeah. Pam and Tommy is a good, uh, I'm down with it on Hulu. So anyway, okay. So my number two, I guess that's where we're going here. All right. So my number two is green earrings. We flip flopped. And it's an, it's a, yeah. Green earrings. I remember the look in your eye and then, uh, yeah, the, the instrumental, we don't have to belabor it, but it's a it's a great song. That was so that was my number two. So yeah, we have we're three and two and two and three. Okay. What's okay. your number one? Oh man. I I was gonna go Royal Scam. I was gonna go Royal Scam, but I'm changing it. Caves of Altamira. Yeah? Yep. The hot horns. I'm a sucker for those hot horns. Very composed. I, I did I did love Royal scam for the the, mm-hmm. the message and that uh, the anti capitalist mm-hmm. motif without really a sort of a proposition for a better alternative, but uh, it was good. It, but Kay's Altamira really hit. You know, you can't have skyscrapers or you know, in saxophones and not have a band. It is. It's a great song. Kay's Altamira. Yeah, and the horns at the beginning. Sky balls and sack scrapers. Yeah. 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 Before the fall, when they. Yeah. I mean, so wispy, so whimsical. Very, very catchy. Before there was any Hollywood. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a great song. I'm, I'm glad that you picked that as your number one because it's, it wasn't, it, it's so close. They're all so close. And they're, it, it it not it, it didn't make mine, but it, it, my top three. But it's it's deserving of being recognized, and I think a lot of people love it. And a on the second on the album, they knew what they're doing. Put it in a second. Yeah, they knew. Mm-hmm. Great album. Yeah, I think it, it flows well with Kid Charlemagne too. So, my number one, of course, yeah, it's, is the Royal Scan, the very last song, and it's heavy. And it's dark, and it's uh, it's kind of a, I mean, in a way, it's kind of a downer. It just sort of uh, kind of makes you feel bad. But it's uh, it, it the thing is like the I think the 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 backup singers deserve so much credit on this song. Like the see the glory of of the royal scam. Like the the interplay between the backup singers and Donald Fagan, and then like that. Uh, like the that the richness of the horns at the very end, and the way it kind of stops, and it just then it has that you know that sort mm. of horn thing, and there's sort of like a like the organ, how the like the horns and the organ uh, go in and out is, um, is just uh, yeah, it gives me goosebumps. It's a great, I love great that song, song. so. Well, anyway, yeah, we were up on an hour almost exactly. So, I mean, yeah, Tim, thanks, man. This is a oh, this is a good one. This is good. This is good. We're gonna now, drop this one first, I think. I yeah. don't know. What do you think? Well, I think we should. Well, we'll keep you all posted. I think uh, we should. We should bet. What is this on? On a. I don't know. Yeah, we could. We can go. We can go first on this one. This is good. Yeah, I, I think so. So. 
Anyway, that's it, guys. So we want to thank you for listening. If you listened all the way through, and don't forget to follow us. um, You know, from your your favorite platform, whether it's uh, um, you know Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please follow us. And uh, you can, if you have any comments, uh, email us at the greatest non hits or guitar licks. Yeah, email us at uh, gmail.com. Yeah, or whatever. If you have any topics, or if you have an album that you want us to do. Um, shoot us up and uh, we'll do it. So that, that'll be it, folks. Uh, thanks again. Take care.